a wonderful treat for you today. Welcome to the podcast of Life with Jen, because life is better with you in it. And part of this podcast is going to be bringing on some people who make their world a better place, are business owners, are impacting their community in a positive way, and just exposing you to different people all over the country. And so we have a special treat because this is my stepdad, Steve, and Steve has done a multitude of things in his career, and he's been a couple different things at once. And so, Steve, tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you do for a living. Um, born and raised in this general area. Okay. Um, What's the general area? Where are we? We're in we're in Will County, Illinois, All by town right. <laughs> of little town of Manhattan, out in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Started in business at age 21 and uh, still have that same business going on right now and done a few other things. And now I've uh, ventured into farming also. Um, so just uh, kind of like making money and uh, and I just love working. I've done it. I've worked since I was five years old. Okay. So. Okay. And so you grew up in this Will County area of Illinois and you started working from 21. You have a funny story and I want to share with all the listeners, um, you know, because they we get this question, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? Even now at my age, I'm asking this question, what do I want to be grow- when I grow up? What do I want to do for a living? And so tell me what you wanted to be when you grew up. Well, when I was a junior in high school, uh, our, my history teacher, Mr. Rodriguez, asked everybody in the class what they wanted to be. Hmm. And I right away told I was working for a concrete contractor. I was on a work program in the high school. And I had already, my whole life, I wanted to be in business. Hmm. Um, my dad ran a, a feedlot down in Pontiac, and we fed like 4,000 head of cattle at a time. And, and this is back in the 60s wow and i was when dad had to go buy a cattle um he would leave me to tell the hired men what to do and i was like 10 11 12 years old so you're already the boss at that I, time i was already bossing people <laughs> i love so, that so I love that. um so he asked a question around the, the whole town and in fact just a, uh my daughter sent another girl that was in the class at that time dug it out she she found it but she was cleaning out a box and she said all the there was the questions that mr rodriguez asked all the kids and and my mine mine was the only one that said um i just want to work hard and hopefully have my own business and make a lot of money Oh my goodness. Well, you've been pretty consistent with that. And so you have done a construction company and you've obviously, you know, started that from the ground up. Obviously we're curious to hear how you got your start and what possessed you to get your start. Um, But fun facts about Steve is that he's also, you know, driven race cars. And then, you know, it turns out he wanted to go into farming. And so now he's been in the farming community, right? All your life, but it's something that you've kind of come back to. Did you you ever think being a business owner meant that you would do a couple of different jobs or did you were you not sure what that looked like for you um I was always I always had another um I've tried a lot of different things okay but the sewer and water business that I that I do is real seasonal and everything else so we tried a, a pizza parlor once no and, way and that 
that didn't go too well. Okay. <laughs> I also tried helping a, a, one of my friends out. And, but I've done a, a lot of other things. And I got involved in a stone quarry. And uh, we did, I had some partners on it. And then we just had it for about four or five years. And then we sold it off. And then I turned around and invested that money in building the drag strip in Joliet, Illinois, which was a real accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. already drag racing at that time. Um, so that for the next, you know, from 1998 till like 2007 or eight or nine, um, I put a lot of time and effort into, into that to get it going and make it work. And then we got bought out by NASCAR. So did you ever ask anyone permission to, to go out on your own and be a business owner? No, no. Did you ever think you had to, or were you just like, I'm so focused on this. This is what I'm doing. When I first started, when I was 21, I had nothing to, to lose. I mean, I had $300 in the bank. I was collecting unemployment. I had a new pickup truck that I didn't, and I rented a house that I had no business having this new pickup truck mm. and a, and a two-year-old son. So I just, I, I just, another gentleman, we we're working for the same company. He was disgruntled too. So we, we went off on our own. We were two separate companies, but we worked together. He started mm -hmm. digging the basements for houses. And then I put the sewer and water in and hold the stone and did all that. And uh, in a short period of time, I left two, after two years, I, I left him or we left, it was mutual. And, uh, and then I just pretty much started on my own. So you had two years of background in that specific water and sewer line oh, before no. you started. How many years of experience did you have before you were like, no. I'm ready to go out on my own? The day I got out of high school, the, the day I, the first day out of high school, mm -hmm. I went to work for a sewer and water contract. Okay. Okay. And I worked between for him and another one for, from 1973 to 77. So how, so how old does that make you, Steve? You don't have to answer that question. <laughs> how old you are now? Now? <laughs> yeah. Six, I'm 68 now. So you've seen a couple of years. You know, I'm still doing it. And we're still doing it. We're still, we're not as big as we used to be after the recession of 2009 through mm. 12. Um, I sold off like half the stuff and, and we backed it off. I, I went, uh, in that, at that time, I went two or three years without a paycheck even. So, um, wow. but now it's going, it's going good, real, real good now. And my, uh, my brother pretty much manages it. And my, um, brother or son-in-law, he does, uh, he, he, those two people and, and my estimators and stuff, they've all been with me for a long time and they do okay without me there every day on a day-to-day -day basis now. So that's awesome. So I got time to go farming. So. Okay. So uh, tell our listeners, so you've, you know, you've been out on your own and you started, you know, working. So since you were 18, so say you had four years of experience before you went out on your own and decided to take a chance to have your own business. And so you've done a couple of things, just learned that you had a pizza parlor at one time. That's wild. We need to talk more about that. And so, um, Tell me about a time where you failed and then what you learned from that. Um, I preface this with, I feel like a lot of um, business owners don't talk enough about their mistakes. And so mistakes and when you fail, it can feel really awful. But I feel like that's typically the time where I've learned the most. So where is there a time where you're like, I really learned that lesson the hard way and I won't do that again? 
I would say in a construction business, I would almost, I mean, we've had some bad jobs, but uh, never enough where it financially hurt me. So um, later on, not, well, not too long ago, I decided to get in a, a business that I shouldn't have got into. I got taught, I kind of got talked into it and, mm. and um, that one hurt. And it was, and it was something quite frankly, it was, it was uh, a company making cigarettes and I have not never smoked my whole life. My mm -hmm. dad died of cancer because of smoking. And I talked, I, I went into this business or went into this investment and uh we got taken for a ride and it, it, it was it was it was substantial money that one that one kind of hurt so what did I and you know you're not a fan of smoking right nope. I hate it so what made you be like maybe this is a good idea because, and because everybody talked me into you're going to make so much money it didn't uh, really matter you know I mean it was just like you can you can do it. You, you know, can so. have a good turnaround on this investment. Yeah, but it definitely went sour. I mean, it's, we lost everything, you know, every dollar I put into it. It was, it was a lot. Yeah, we probably don't want to know what that was like. So what did you learn from that experience? I don't want any more partners in anything. Everything I do mm -hmm. now, I do on my own. Mm -hmm. So you got some trust, some trust things going on. Okay, fair enough. And the other, uh, the other three, when we had a racetrack, we had a lot of, we had a lot of problems with the partners it just it, it just was hard you know so did you feel like maybe things weren't like communicated well or maybe the expectations of everybody were different or maybe what they wanted out of it wasn't well um well everybody wants to make money mm -hmm. you know and, mm -hmm. and the drag strip when we first started it, it it did good the first year and then it started it just went downhill we over we overbuilt it Okay. So we had too much loan against it and everything else. And then one of the owners that took uh, kind of took charge, really, he shouldn't have been. Well, we ended up getting rid of him and, and moved another guy in, in his spot. Um, but I was the only one with all the construction knowledge and racing knowledge that was in the whole picture of it. So, but it seemed like if I made a suggestion, it just, it didn't go very far. So I just kind of let everybody just, well, finally when NASCAR offered to buy us out and then we built a big oval track with it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. the, the, the nice part about both of those is they were huge sewer and water jobs and I got, I got to do it all. That's awesome. So, so that was that year, what, that was 1998 through 2000. Um, I spent every day of my life over there and then my brother took care of all the other jobs because we had a lot of other stuff going on too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so you had to manage your time. Walk me, tell me, tell, tell our listeners and tell me briefly about this pizza parlor that you had. Where was the pizza parlor? It was in Manuka. Okay. Okay. Um, what was that? It was in the nineties. And my friend Mike Hammerstein talked talked me and and Mel mm. into into it. Well, it was a good concept, and and Mike was a good cook and everything else. But it very, very he'd already lost his concrete business twice, and uh, I went in there and dumped a lot of money into it. The next thing you know, Mel says, "I can't do this. I want out." So I had to buy him out, bought him out. And then the next thing you know, Mike 
who was running the whole place, doing everything else, says, I don't want to do this anymore. So I threw it all back in our lap. And uh, wow. I spent a quarter of a million dollars doing the build out and buying all the ovens and everything else. And uh, I've had it for you know, two or three years, I guess, and uh, sold the whole thing off for 90000 and was happy just to be done because I am not I, I I'm not a retail person I'm not a, a people person that can sit no. there and walk, <laughs> and, and walk up to each one of the at the tables and say well I hope your meal is good uh -huh. is there anything else we can do for you I, I'm, I'm just not built that way mm -hmm. so but we sold it to a, a guy that had a pizza place in Manhattan and he just sold it about two or three years ago to one of the ladies there that had worked there, I think, since we owned it. Wow. For 20, 30 years. And it is still a very popular little spot, still in the same same rented area. And uh, that's awesome. So it lived on. It lived on. Sans, sans you. Sans you. All right. So you you picked maybe that that the customer service piece is not your gig and kind of going the venturer way and being on your own might have been a better road for you to follow. Okay. So let's pivot. So you've, you know, you've talked about, you know, being a business owner, we, why, you know, what made you kind of start a business in the first place? You've done a whole gamut of things and you've, you know, done the race car driving. You've never asked anyone for permission to do these things. And so I think when, when we're building our, our careers, right, listeners, I think we're talking about like how we have to have one job and stick with it, right? I think when you go to medical school, you're like, I'm going to be a doctor for my whole life. But nobody tells you that you can take a different path, you can pivot if you want to pivot. And it sounds like you've asked nobody to kind of do those things. And you've had that confidence in you all along. So now you're pursuing this, this farming piece, and you've, you know, still do some a little bit of construction, but it sounds like you stay out of it. How did you how did you manage your day? And did it have anything to do with your red book? And tell us what your red book is. Well, my red book is just basically a daily diary of what I do every day. And Why do you have it? Because I there's times when I want to go back to it and I can't mm -hmm. remember. You know, I I I have a short hope it's not dementia or anything, but I I, I I forget, you know, so I write I write it in just what well, it's just work related or you know, well other stuff too. I put, you know, where we went or something. Just real simple. I've done it for, for years. I the first year in business in 1977, I uh I filled out this I had it was a little bitty black book. Mm -hmm. And uh I think I I'm pretty sure I still have it. And I looked at it that first year I was in business, I never I took the whole year, I never took a day off. Even Christmas, I went and worked in the morning. I went in the shop and fixed something or did something, just getting started. So so there was no such thing as work-life balance then? No. But you had your planner to go back to. Have you, do you use your planner now to kind of help you like set up your day? Or do you think about like how you're going to set up your day when you get started? No, pretty much. We pretty much wake up in the middle of the night. It depends on what time and start mm -hmm. thinking about what I'm going to do today. And, and hopefully I can go back to sleep, but sometimes <laughs> you just you might as well just get up and go. Mm -hmm. so. All right. So an entrepreneur's mind, right? A business owner's mind is always running. I think we're always thinking about the next idea, the next thing that we've got going on. And so let's talk a little bit. We've talked about kind of setting up your day and what that looks like for you. Tell me about 
employees and kind of like you've you've you know hired people over the years you've managed people over the years tell me about how you are able to essentially not micromanage right like we've kind of talked about this micromanagement piece of it and how do you how do you trust your brother to do the day-to-day and what was it about him that you were like go well he's 12 years younger than me okay so he was 14 years old when he first came to work for me. You know, I, I, he was a family member, so you were supposed to be 18. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So that didn't matter. And I mean, he just did odds and ends and little stuff like that. And um, then he went to college just for business, just uh, junior college he went to. And, and uh, he came to, he, he just, he never quit. I mean, he's, he's been with me pretty much. I mean, he worked for a couple of little guys, other guys in the summer, um, when he was still in high school. Now, when you raced, were you like, were you, you know, were you in touch with him when you were out racing or? Well, I, I did... was, yes, I was way more involved then. So, I mean, I was on the phone with him and, and everything else. And Norton, we would leave on a, a Wednesday and, and drive. If it take, I mean, we went all the way to California, all the way to in Edmonton, Canada, Florida, Maine. We drove a long ways, but we, I would have that my truck had a sleeper in it and we had two other guys that, that worked for me on the, on the race car and we all drove. Mm. So we would, but the truck would never stop and we would get there. And as soon as the race was over with, if I got knocked out early or something, we were on our way home. And normally I was back to work on Monday Wow. every day, every day. So you've worked so hard your whole life, right? You've like done the grind and you've loved working. So what would you tell a business owner that that wants to go out on their own? What would you tell someone who's in a job and you're like, you know, they've got that itch to be a business owner? What what kind of maybe warnings would you give them? And what kind of encouragement might you give somebody? Well, the warnings wise is you, you and hopefully you don't do it, but you might neglect your family. And, uh, and I did, there's no doubt about it. I did. Um, so what would you tell them? Close the laptop sometimes? Yeah. Or right. pick, a, pick a day off where you, you know, you do something with the family or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I never, I never went to a baseball game or anything hardly in my early days, you know, so to watch my son play or whatever. So. Um, okay so the warnings pick a day pick a day make sure you're taking it off because the brain i don't think it ever stops right you're You're still thinking work you're still going to be thinking it but at least you're you're making other people happy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you're filling up their cup you're filling up your own cup because you're getting that little bit of balance i think balance isn't the right word but um what would you tell someone to encourage them in being a business owner in times like these now where you know inflation's crazy and you know people are you know trying to do their best to to make ends meet they're trying to do their best to to have some sort of life and some sort of time where they can spend time with family and pursue the things that they love how would you encourage them um this you're you're absolutely right on all that it's it's it is tough right now I mean but when I started like I said when I started in business I didn't care I I had nothing to lose Mm. you know so because 1977 in 1979, we went into a hell of a recession. Mm. So and two years after you started? Two years after I started. And, you know, I was already, you know, I had already 
I had my goals set. I had already met my goals for like my like going in business, and I and it was tough. But luckily, I was so small, I could undercut the big guys, and I was still I was I was doing big work already. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I made through it. I made you know I would bid the jobs. I would get up at three in the morning and bid a job, and then and then give it to someone to take to to go give it to a village or whatever we were bidding at. And then uh, I would go work and I would sit on a machine and then run everybody from them from that. Uh, I'm not to say that that's not the right way to do my business. Um, now there's so much paper. There's so much, it's so much different way back then. Yeah, than it is now. Now that the paperwork and stuff and, and, and everything you, you have to now, you know, I went from no pe- no people in the office to, you know, to having four now. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and they are busy as can be just, but a lot of it's just stuff that we never had to do before. Wow. Do you think it's harder to start a business now? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And the investment is, you know, my first brand new backhoe was uh, was like twenty two thousand. That exact same machine right now is one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, Do you think there is an increase? Like, you know, when they say like the next generations, they can't afford houses, they can't afford this and that. Like, do you think prices have increased in general, making it harder for the normal person to to get a house or to go on on their own and be like, all right, I'm going to go buy a brand new backhoe right now? Um. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think especially in the housing. Um, we're sitting in a brand new house doing this right now. And this house would have cost me half of what it cost um, if we would have built it three years ago. It's almost sickening. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's tough. Plus, you know, when my first house was 12% interest on which, so, you know, when you hear 7% or, or whatever, whatever interest, 6% or whatever house mortgage is right now, that doesn't sound too bad to me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But because back then that was it was that was bad and that was in the early 80s also so yeah well listeners i don't know if you're getting a ton of encouragement from this yeah. inflation piece of it you but gotta want to work yeah you're gonna you if you've got it in your head that you want to do a business no matter what you you gotta you gotta give it a try yeah I would almost tell people, I think um, the route I took is to start really small. And um, because I, I, I had a lot to risk. And so I didn't know what I wanted to do or what I wanted to pursue. And so I would say, don't quit your day job. Right. I think sometimes when people are like, I love that. But also at the same time, I think some people can't, I think if that's the only job that you've got, you've got to try something small. Um, do you believe in the side hustle? Do you believe in working a job and then doing something else? Well, that depends on what business you're in. True. You know, I mean, like True. like my business, you had to have a you had to have a whole bunch of equipment. Mm-hmm. And if you're making payments on it or something, you're not going to make the payments on it just working for someone else and then on weekends going to work with them. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of guys do it, and and some of them have made it, and most of them don't. Yeah. But I think that's the same thing with any business. Yeah. Most of them don't make it. Mm-hmm. Well. So, but I think, I know. <laughs> I, yeah. We go back to this want to work piece. You, yes. You just, you just going to really have to want it. Yeah. You and, think you might have to be a self-starter? Mm, yes. Pretty yeah. much. I think so. Okay. I think so. I mean, I had nothing to lose. So the two guys that I worked for when I, for those three years before I went on my own, when I sat and watched them and, and, and I said, if, if they can make money, I, I know I can. Yeah. I know I can. Cause I learned that they were both like shysters. 
Mm. And, and and I knew that by doing it right and treating people right, mm-hmm. you, you you can go places. Let's let's la- let's end this on a really good note. Okay, let's end this on a good note. So we're talking about treating people right and employing the right people and probably putting the right people in the right position, right? My job is recruiting. And so I'm always thinking about the business. I'm thinking about the job seeker and how I put them in the right position. So you had a really longstanding employee and he was with you for a very, very long time. And so um, our listeners will fill you in. So one of his very longtime employees was my cousin, Jason. And I think you employed him, what, since he was 18? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's no longer with us. He's up in heaven now. But um, Steve, how long was he with you? Uh, he was 43 when he passed away. So 18, 43, whatever the math is there. What? Over uh, 20 years? Oh, yeah. Oh. So what it was it about him that you were like, you're going to be with me for this ride and doing all of the work with you when it came to the construction piece, when it came to the racing piece, what was it about him that you were like, you are, you're, I mean, you're my, like, you're my right hand man. What did that look like for you guys? Well, when he started, I, I hired him just to, to, for the race racing. Okay from day one and then in the winter time when we weren't racing then he came in the, the construction shop and mm. we had him do he was very very mechanical yeah and um so when i quit racing after 20 years um i approached him and i said there, you know there's race teams that want you um because you are good and uh, he says no i just want to stay with you so so i got him in a in a operators union as a mechanic and uh and spent the rest of his days doing that that's awesome so, but i also had another employee that went to work for me i went i was in business for two months and i had a cave-in while i was putting pipe in the ground putting a sewer and water service into a house and almost i should have died anyway i went right over to he was i went to high school with him and uh and we had talked and he didn't like where he was working he came to work for me and uh he just he just retired two years ago. Wow! From age twenty one till well, he's my age. He's the exact same age as me. So he had forty five years with me or something. Wow. Most of my guys, they're all getting old, mm-hmm. and that, that's another <laughs> issue when you have employees. You yeah. got to find some new blood, mm-hmm. and it's harder now in the construction trade mm-hmm. to find new blood mm-hmm. than young young people that want to do this. They're used to playing in their basement on a it's a rough goal. Yeah, well, I don't know if there's enough exposure either to like what what that what that day to day is like. But let's let's go back to let's go back to Jason, your other guy. Why did you hire them for so long? Why did you keep them employed with you for so long? Was yeah, it was yeah, it yeah Jason, Jason and your friend? Was it their work ethic? Was it their you know? Yeah, I mean they they did their job. Jason, well, you know, he was a lot of fun, you, but you know. Oh, I know. Yeah. The number one fun seeker. Right, right. The other mm-hmm. guy I was just talking about, he's the most miserable son of a gun ever God put on earth, but he was, he took care of the, he was a truck driver. He, he was, he, he was good at what he did. Did he have a high pride of ownership for working with you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But he was a real, he was a complainer. So he was, he, he was a handful. <laughs> he was a handful. <laughs> but, you know, a couple handfuls. Uh-huh. You're talking to one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
so listeners, so when you're when you're working with someone long, right? I think it's rare um, when you work with a company and you stay with a company for a really long time. But I think there's so much value in building those relationships with those people, and you know, you know what to expect, and you know how they're going to handle things. And so, you know, finding maybe a couple, two, three, four people in your corner can help you be successful if you go out on your own. I don't think you're going to make every right hire, right? I'm sure you haven't made every right hire. We've gone through a lot of people yeah. over the years. And I think, you know, it's not a fit for everyone, but, you know, there's definitely something to be said about getting more exposure out there about your trade and what you all do, because, you know, I don't know the first thing about it. And I didn't know the first thing about farming until you exposed me to it. So, all right, listeners, well, you're hearing it first from a business owner who has kind of run the gamut done a couple of different jobs. And I think what we're learning more and more on this podcast is that a lot of people are taking different career pivots. And I think that's just this journey called life. And so I want to encourage you on this life that life is better with you in it. Um, We're so encouraged to have you with us and learning more and getting exposure to different people and different types of, you know, work and different types of things that you can do with your life. So you're in the driver's seat, right? Yep. I think you're in the drive. I think you're in the driver's seat. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for being with us today, Steve. Loved it. Thank you. (laughs) All right, listeners, have a wonderful, wonderful day.